Ayo, hey, welcome in to CHGO White Sox postgame show presented by PointsBet. Use promo code CHGO when you sign up to get two risk free bets up to $2,000. It is a White Sox loser. The White Sox lose this one 16 to 3 against the Boston Red Sox. The White Sox fall to 21 and 21 on the season. The Boston Red Sox improve to 20 and 22. I am Sean Anderson. You can follow me on Twitter at Sean underscore W underscore Anderson. Alongside me is Herb Lawrence. Hello. You could follow him on Twitter at Ecknerwall23. You can follow the show on Twitter at CHGO underscore White Sox. Thank you, everybody, for you know who's already hanging out in the live chat. I see Nicholas Moriano of CHGO Bears hanging out. Our guy Fred, who called an Adam Engel home run that didn't happen uh, in the CHGO pregame. Eric Fenton, uh, who I know is a transplant. Uh, thank you guys for hanging out. We appreciate it. And if you're a podcast you listener, uh, listening to us on your day, you know, into work, uh, you know, taking us uh, here on this uh, what would be Wednesday, Herb. Uh, we appreciate you as well. It was somebody in the pregame that predicted the score to be 11 to 8 White Sox. Now, it was, uh, Brennan Frally, I think. Yeah. So Brennan got the number right. The number of runs going to be scored today, the 19. But the White Sox did not participate in the scoring. But uh, wow, damn. That was a tough one. After like the third inning, I was like, damn, we got to watch the rest of this, some bitch. That's part of our job. <laughs> Yeah, Alex said he picked the right night to skip this game and go to trivia. Uh, Sam Davis Jr. is asking, uh, you know, he had a colonoscopy tonight. What did I miss? Uh, you know, really after the first pitch, you could have turned this game off. Uh, first pitch, Dylan Cease throws to Kike Hernandez and he takes it yard. Uh, so the White Sox started off uh, on a de- deficit one to nothing after the first pitch. And it did not get better uh, at no. any point. Uh, in this game, Herb, and it it led me to a little project here, and let's just jump right into it. Well, we usually start with the starting pitchers. We usually start with Dylan Cease, mm. but there's the old no uh, Tommy Lasorda saying, uh, you win 60, you lose 60, and then there's the other 42, and we're going to try to start figuring this out. You know, which ones are actually the 60 wins that you just expect in a year, which ones are the 60 losses you just expect in the year, and then which ones are the other 42? You can look right now. Uh, absolutely, you could file this as the Sox 14th loss this year. Uh, they got their ass kicked from the first pitch, and I don't even need to think about it. Uh, guess uh, Fred said, guess it's another flush game. I don't think good teams have as many as the Sox had in the first quarter of the season. Uh, that's kind of what I want to talk to you about right now, Herb. You know, mm-hmm. uh, This is another flush game. Uh, this is a point of the Sox season where we thought, hey, maybe everything's going to turn around for this team right now after taking two from the Yankees. Uh, but this was just a bad night to be a White Sox fan, player, front office, uh, you know, beer tender, anything. Yeah, they're keep on using up the loss column on those on that uh, chart you just had. And the 42 are going the opposite way of where we need them to be. So, yeah, we've had way too many of these. Oh, man, that was a stinker. Flush yeah. that away <laughs> and let's see them tomorrow. And yes, the optimist in everybody would be like, Enjoy yourself with those 16 runs. It only counts as one loss for the White Sox, one win for the Red Sox. But it's just demoralizing. Teams like this don't get beat. Like championship caliber teams don't get beat this often, this many times. It's the middle of May. We've seen them getting beat like this a lot. And it's not necessarily usually the starting pitchers who who have been sparkling this year. But Dylan Cease, who friends, it was a tough night. His, his velocity looked good to me. His 
miles per hour looked good to me. His location was all right, but those people were seeing and being it. I was shocked how badly he pitched tonight and how great the Boston Red Sox were seeing him tonight. I mean, started off, you said, I like to come, I like to call Enrique Hernandez. Good job with that hit. And then Trevor Story later on with the three run home run in the first inning. I was driving back home from the studio and I was like, man. That's a tough one. I, I'm glad Steven told me to go home uh, to watch this game at home <laughs> instead bet. of instead of watching at the studios because, man, I would have been throwing stuff. I would have ate all the Starburst. Like, I usually eat, like, five or six. But just that bingy. whole candy jar would have been empty because I would have been, like, nervously eating, <laughs> finding something else to do. But I'm just so, uh, I don't know, exhausted, tired. I ended up stress eating uh Luke Stuckmeyer brought in donuts. I stress ate some of those. Awesome. The do right donuts. Yes, all of those. I would I would ate some of those too if I was stuck around. But yes, this was a this is another flush it game. And I don't know what that means, but if you do look at a team that is trying to compete for a championship, they don't have many of these. And the White Sox had already their season full of these games. Yeah, I mean, honestly, let's just go into this, the other 42, and, and kind of have this uh, discussion. Uh, Marion uh, Jeremic uh, says Red Sox have three guys in their lineup with an OPS over 800. And Story is reigning AL player of the week. Meanwhile, the Sox lineup had TA batting 360 and only one other guy batting above 240. I mean, yeah, that's a part of it. This Red Sox team is red hot. So I don't really think of it as, as the worst thing ever that you got beat up by this team but right now this is the other 42 that we're talking about uh they're eight and seven in these 15 games so they do have a winning record but let's look at the other important you know uh 42 games let's look at a world series caliber team because i see tom jankowski saying but we have a world series club i mean i think that they do i mean it's again it's may <laughs> you know they, they play the world series in october we have no idea what this team is going to be performing like in October. And you could see, you know, last year's World Series champion, the Atlanta Braves, 28 and 13 in those other 42 games. The Washington Nationals in 2019, 33 and 9. The 2017 Astros, who literally were cheating, were 41 and 40, uh, 41 and 1 uh, in those other 42. The Chicago Cubs had 103 wins. So right there, uh, you know, they had 59 wins. The other 60 uh, really didn't exist. They went 42 and 0 in their other 42. But the St. Louis Cardinals, Tony LaRusse's last World Series champion team uh 30 and 12 and the 2005 white Sox 39 and 3 uh so right now the Sox, you know if they you know only lose two more of the other 42 uh they could still be where the nationals were uh the, the braves were again 28 and 13 uh the Sox, it's not as dire as we can make it out to be uh you know this is a really tough opening schedule and the Sox are gonna have to make sure that they really take advantage of the weak second half that the white Sox schedule is but you know, I'm not looking at this as the, the, the end all of the White Sox season, Herb. I don't think it's it's that dire. I think they just had a really bad night against a really hot team. Yeah, they're hot, but they had to get this hot six games in a row to only get to two games under 500. So, yes, they're hot right now, but overall they've had a poor season. They've had an underwhelming season as the White Sox have now back at 500. So, you shouldn't be getting beat like this to a team that is on your level. This is pretty much the same team that is on your level. Yes, they have a bunch of hitters who hit over uh, 800 OPS and J.D. Martinez, uh, Kike Hernandez, uh, the Devers and the uh, Bogarts guys and Trevor Story having a great week of himself and had a golden sombrero for himself today, too. But before that, he hit that three run home run. 
Yes, it's a good hitting team, but we have a pitcher that we think is a Cy Young candidate going now into the future, and he had a horrible day. And I don't think that set the tone for the rest of the team. Now, offense sometimes needs to pick up the pitchers because the pitchers have done that so many times this year for the offense. I need one of those games or a couple of those games where the offense says, okay, you gave up four in the first. We got your back, brother. Just came out lifeless. And yes, Pavetta was pretty good. That hook was filthy. The people were getting frozen on him. But you have to have better at bats. He went nine up, nine down pretty easily. Yeah, he did. I mean, the White Sox didn't have a hit until the fourth inning uh, when my uh, click to pick came through and Tim Anderson. So just, nice wanna, you know, you know, always, always bragging, always uh, giving myself a pat on the back when I can. Uh, but Sam Davis asking any thoughts on Dylan tipping. Uh, let's go into the pitching lines for today and talk a little bit about Dylan, because I don't think it was, you know, it, it's it's bad. It's ugly. Right. Three innings pitch, seven earned runs. Eight hits allowed, two walks, four Ks, Pavetta, six innings, three earned runs, five hits, two walks, five Ks. Uh, and let's go to Cease's pitch mix here because it, it was bad, but his mistakes were just absolutely tattooed. And one thing, too, is, you know, after watching this with the Yankees and after watching this with the Red Sox, I do wonder what Dylan Cease first pitch needs to be. I, I think that's a, a big discussion or a big strategy that he needs to start looking at when he's facing these better teams because it really does feel like they're sitting first pitch fastball. And whenever he throws first pitch fastball, uh, a lot of bad things happen. Uh, but we'll look at the, the typical numbers here and, and, you know, not good Bob uh, for Dylan Cease called strikes plus whiff percentage 23 major league average is 27. So a below average night Dylan was just not loading up the zones, not really, uh, you know, fooling anybody. He did get a decent amount of whiffs on his slider and forcing fastballs. Uh, he got five on both of those, a 26% whiff rate, which is pretty decent, uh, but just nothing really working. Uh, they were seeing a lot of things tonight. His knuckle curve got hit hard and got hung up a couple times. His slider didn't break a couple times and got hit hard. And again, his forcing fastball, uh, first pitch, they were hunting at Herb. And I think that's the thing that is really what we've seen uh, in, in a bad Dylan seat start this year is guys waiting and then hitting that first pitch fastball. So I, I do wonder if that's something that he needs to start changing up a little bit because he started doing that later on in the game and he started getting more outs, uh, you know, efficiently. So I, I do wonder if he starts starting off, you know, hitters with a hook, uh, starting them off with a slider. Maybe he then can, can work the fastball in. Uh, that's the only thing that I can think of because the stuff looks, you know, fairly all right. I mean, it, it wasn't breaking uh, great today. Um, the spin was a little bit off. His his movement wasn't as sharp as it usually is. But um, I feel like if he had this stuff up against the Royals, it wouldn't be as ugly as it is, you know, going up against a red hot Red Sox team. So um, I think they just had a really good strategy tonight. And I just think Dylan probably had, you know, C plus stuff and it got hit like F stuff. Yeah. And most would point to the leadoff hitter, Enrique Hernandez hitting that home run off the first pitch as the turning point of the game or the point where you're like, okay, Cease doesn't have it. No, I think he recovered himself. I know he gave up a hit, but I think it was a J.D. Martinez at bat, where it's 10 pitches and J.D. Martinez is just falling off all the stuff he's throwing at him, all of it, and then he eventually walks him. That's where I think I knew, okay, this is going to be a tough game. He's not going to get through because that man just battled him, and then he pretty much not gave up, but he resigned to the fact that he can't get a fastball past J.D. Martinez. J.D. Martinez is a professional hitter. It's no you know, uh, slight to him that J.D. Martinez went to a 10-pitch at bat. But there I was like, okay, he's in trouble. And I didn't see him getting over 
his slider, his curveball consistently. So maybe he thought in his bullpen, like, okay, what I have now is my fastball. And yes, teams like the Boston Red Sox and the New York Yankees do scouting reports and have game plans against these pitchers. And it looked like their game plan was to attack his fastball early in the count. And they jumped all over it. They did not miss it. He had nine hard hit balls against them this, this start. That's just very uncharacteristic, very uncanny. You know, the guys usually striking people out. The Yankees did catch him, but I don't think that was a game like this one. I, you said that game, actually, you were impressed because they struck out 11 Yankees. Mm-hmm. This game, he was lost. It was not not even close to even C-plus stuff. I think it was like D stuff, and they were crushing it. Yeah, that's fine. I mean, again, it was below average. So, I mean, if you if you do want to say it's D stuff, I really can't argue it because uh, it's ugly on the stat line. Uh, either way, he got hit around uh, no matter which way we cut it up. Uh, let's go and talk to uh, Vinny Duber and see what Dylan Cease had to say for his start. But before we do that, the best way to support CHGO is to download the PointsBet app and use code CHGO when you sign up. If you do that right now, you get two risk-free bets up to $2,000. That's not it. Make a $50 or more first-time deposit. You'll receive a free CHGO membership, which unlocks all of our web content and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the chgo locker that's two thousand dollars in free bets a free chgo membership and a free t-shirt from the chgo locker all for making more than a fifty dollar first time deposit at points bet if you have questions you can email points bet at all and we will help you out points bet is your home for live and play betting and it just got even better introducing points bets newest feature the live nba same game parlay for the first time ever you could build the perfect live nba same game parlay only with points bet you can combine your favorite bets anytime during the game and if you want more you can also boost your live same game parlays you can watch live parlay live and boost live with points bet online signup is available in illinois you can download the points bet app right now and register account from start to finish all from your phone so what are you waiting for once the game starts don't just bet live your bet life with points bet gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700 and our next partner has a product i use literally every day i started taking ag1s because i started my first full-time job when i started this job back in march early march and i needed to start my day off with a better routine and ag1s has seamlessly fit into that routine it doesn't taste super healthy uh, it kind of has a mild tropical taste that i look forward to each and every morning. And with one delicious scoop of AG1s, I absorb 75 high quality vitamins, minerals, whole foods or superfoods, probiotics and adaptogens to help me start my day right. This special blend of ingredients helps support my gut health, my nervous system, my immune system, my energy, my ability to recover, my ability to focus and my you know ability to stay looking beautiful and 24 years young. Uh, I look forward to starting my day off right with AG1 because it's lifestyle friendly, whether you eat keto, paleo, vegan, dairy-free, or gluten-free. And Athletic Greens has over 7,000 five-star reviews. Right now, it's time to reclaim your health and arm your immune system with convenient daily nutrition. It's just one scoop and a cup of water every day, one scoop in about eight to 12 ounces of water. That's it. No need for millions of different pills and supplements to look out for your health. To make it easy, Athletic Greens is going to give you one year of a free uh, supply of immune supporting vitamin D and five free travel packs with your free purchase. All you have to do is visit athleticgreens.com slash chgosox. Again, that is athleticgreens.com slash chgosox to take ownership over your health and pick up the ultimate daily nutritional insurance. Hi, Vinny. Hi, guys. Herb, can I get a ruling on this? Is Sean allowed to say 24 years young if he's no. actually young? Like, no. isn't that joke, re- you know, reserved for when, you know, you're not young? 
Yeah, when you're 43. Right. Did exactly. you say you're 43 years young? Yeah. Yeah, Sean. I don't know about that. I might be calling a foul on that one. It's tough to sell aging, guys, when you're not old. I'm sorry. Uh, here, here's the best way to show that I don't age is that I was born in 1997. Uh, you know, it's it's just I was born uh, at the fountain of youth. You know, I get mm. your point, but mm. too bad. I'm young. Uh-huh. Uh, Vinny, I, I'm guessing you talked to Dylan Cease, uh, a rough <laughs> outing for Dylan Cease. Uh, what did Dylan have to say about his outing tonight? Uh, obviously, he wasn't happy. Uh, I, I think I think a lot of people were maybe suspicious that he might have been tipping some pitches because uh, of the way the Red Sox jumped all over him tonight. Uh, and, and he said maybe said it was a possibility. Uh, I, I think Tony said, you know, that thought comes to mind as well when you're watching what you're watching. But uh Dylan basically stuck to the idea of he's not going to draw any conclusions from tonight until he uh, goes back and, and kind of dissects it a little bit. So um, he didn't really have uh, an explanation for why, because they're going to get into that in the coming days. Uh, but uh, obviously the results uh, were very bad. And I was just wondering how a clubhouse looks after another one of these. I know we've talked about it, but do they just like, okay, Let's just flush that. It's just one loss. We don't care. I'm not. We don't care. But we're you're not going to sulk on this. Or they're like, you know what? This is tough. And we're just very sullen in that clubhouse. Yeah, I think it's probably a little bit of both, right? I mean, and I think it has to do with the time. So, I mean, you know, immediately after a game like this, everybody's going to be quiet. You know, it's a it's a drastically different environment post-game in a clubhouse when it's a win versus a loss. When it's a win, it's a party with all the music going. When it's a loss, no matter if it, you know, it was a one-run loss or a 13-run loss, it's, you know, very quiet in there. So, uh, it, but at the same time, I think everybody's kind of confident that they can flush this, get rid of it right away, move on. Um, it, it, the kind of the, the, the maximum baseball is, uh, you know, we'll take the rest of the day and the, until you come to the park tomorrow to, to react to this, whether it's a, a good emotion or a bad emotion, depending on the outcome. But when you show up tomorrow, you know, it doesn't matter what happened yesterday. Yeah, well, one thing that matters today and will affect the team uh, coming up in the uh, upcoming games, Luis Robert placed on the IL in the, is it the COVID list? How, how are we supposed to refer to it? Is it the IL or is it the COVID list? It is the COVID-related IL. Oh, okay. So the COVID-related IL for Luis Robert. Uh, what do we know about Luis Robert's absence and how long it may be? Yeah, it seemed just because of the symptoms that he was uh, that he was experiencing or is experiencing, uh, according to Rick Hahn, they expect to be without him for a week. Uh, I think the earliest that you would see him is is the Toronto series, which starts next Tuesday in Toronto. So uh, he is definitely out for the Red Sox series and likely to miss the Cubs series over the weekend as well. But the news I heard with Robert is that he is vaccinated. So if he is Correct. over uh, those responses, he can play in Toronto, right? Correct. Yes. So, I mean, we had some good news today. Vince Velasquez out of the bullpen in his new role looked pretty sparkling. What did uh, Tony have to say about his performance? Yeah, I mean, obviously he was he was great. You know, I, I don't think uh, you know you need to be Tony or 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 me or or some guy watching at home to to know that he was great. Uh, the the question is, is that the role? Is that the way they're going to use him moving forward? And and certainly it looks that way. Uh, you know, you saw the probable pitching for the next week here. You got you, you had Cease tonight. Uh, you know, you'll have Giolito tomorrow, Dallas on Thursday. Uh, and then that Cub series is going to be Cueto and Cease again Saturday and Sunday. So um, it is 
interesting to see how they're going to handle this sudden wealth of pitching. Um, Lance Lynn is expected to make a rehab start, uh, his first one uh, by the end of the weekend. You know, so starting next week, we should have Lance Lynn pitching in a pro game. Uh, you know, uh, to 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 think about and and what that would mean for this rotation. So a lot of arms right now, and that's a good thing, obviously, for the White Sox. But it means that some guys are going to have to be moved around at the very least. And Velasquez seems to be the first person uh, who that happened to. He pitched out of the bullpen on what I guess you would assume is his first day, uh, quote unquote, out of the rotation. Now, does that mean you're never going to see him start again the rest of the year? No, probably not. There are spot starts that need to happen, doubleheaders on the calendar. Uh, it, it could very well be that, that Vince Velasquez has to come back in the event of an injury. Who, who knows? But um, to see that he is handling a bullpen assignment well, is a big positive for the White Sox because uh, he's he's pitched pretty well in general for them. Certainly better, I think, than a lot of people thought he was going to be when they first signed him based on the results throughout the, his career. So um, it's, a, it's, it's a good thing to add another bullpen arm that you can turn to, and it's a good thing that you don't have to um, completely jettison, uh, you know, somebody who has, has turned in some, some quality innings for you. So I have two things to follow up on. Uh, one, Michael Kopech, uh, you know, they're going to be skipping him this go around uh, in the next five games. And then also Lance Lynn, uh, you, you talked about his uh, return. So uh, what do we know about Kopech? Uh, are they looking to get him as much rest as possible? And then Lance Lynn, uh, is there a date, maybe a series we can look out for? Uh, well, I believe, uh, believe Lance Lynn is scheduled or is, the earliest he could come off the injured list is June 6th, because you remember they transferred him to the 60 day IL. And so that is going to be the first day that he is able to come back. Uh, but again, everything's running smoothly for him. They said live BP went really well today. Uh, and then that the, the plan is to, to have him uh, start a rehab assignment before this uh, weekend is over. So that's very positive, I think, uh, considering you know everything that Lance Lynn has been recovering from since that preseason knee surgery. Uh, in terms of Kopech, yeah, you saw Sunday night how good he looked with, with a little extra rest. Now, obviously, that was, you know... Um, the cause or, or the result perhaps of, of that paternity leave that he was on and, and kind of them not necessarily knowing where he was going to be. But you saw Michael Kopech have his best game uh, in his career as a major leaguer with a little extra rest. You saw last year how much Carlos Rodon benefited from a little extra rest between starts. And on top of that, there's this whole innings or pitches idea uh, with Michael Kopech and how they're going to manage that workload over the course of the season. This is a good way to manage it. And, 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 you know, Rick Hahn was asked about it today. Are you, you know, can he pitch so well that he's going to, you know, change your plans in terms of that innings limit? And Rick said what I think has really been the case, which is maybe there's no specific number that is that innings limit. Maybe it's more of a general area, but it can change based on how he looks. And it can be more based on he looks really great right now keep him going or, you know, maybe take, you know, take your foot off the gas pedal a little bit. I think this is kind of a way to get in between that, those two areas, which is give him a couple days. He's not throwing literally every fifth day and, and racking up the, the pitches and racking up the innings uh, because they want him as strong as possible so he can make starts like he did on Sunday night in September and they hope October. And speaking of Rick Hahn, what did he have to say about Aloy Jimenez rehab and where his progress is? Yeah, also by the end of the week, which is uh, that's the expectation there that him and him and Lance Aloy and Lance will kind of be on rehab assignments at the same time or starting them at the same time. So by the end of the week, uh, you know, you'll probably see uh, Aloy in some minor league games.
We did see the return of an injured White Sox. Aaron Bummer came out and pitched the ninth inning, looked pretty decent. Uh, what uh, is the report on Bummer? Uh, any thoughts on how they might work him in? Obviously, blowout tonight, so easy to just get him some rest uh, or some reps uh, late in this game. Yeah, I mean, I think until further notice, Aaron Bummer is going to be, you know, revered as his track record says he should be kind of thing. And, you know, obviously the results have not been great, as we've seen. And the White Sox have been fortunate enough to have someone step up, right? Matt Foster, who has kind of become a part of that late inning mix. I don't think Aaron Bummer is out of that late inning mix. And we have seen how kind of judiciously Tony La Russa and the White Sox have used those late inning relievers. You know, guys like Kendall Graveman and Joe Kelly are not being worked you know, two, three days in a row uh, at the moment. And again, that's an effort to, to keep them as fresh as possible for late in the year. Uh, and so Aaron Bummer being available to pitch those innings or, you know, to try and have success to try and move past those early season struggles would make a lot of sense. Uh, and I think that's probably what you're going to see is, you know, you'll see Aaron Bummer in a seventh inning on a day when Joe Kelly can't pitch, or you'll see Aaron Bummer in an eighth inning on a day when maybe Foster and Graveman pitched the day before. Uh, I think it's just going to be kind of mix and match and, and see who's kind of available uh, as they kind of slow play using their bullpen so they can prepare them for the end of the year. And what Rick had to say about the whole Josh Donaldson, Tim Anderson kerfuffle? Not much. I mean, I think that, you know, he, he very much kind of said, listen, I've told the team, I've told the, the league uh, what I thought in, pri in, in private, and he wanted it to kind of stay that way, and that's perfectly reasonable. Um, he, he did have a lot of good things to say about Tim, and, and, and that's kind of what I wrote about today because I was kind of struck in a similar fashion, which is, you know, Tim didn't ask to be a part of this, right? Tim was minding his own business, basically, and got swept into this thing because of Josh Donaldson being Josh Donaldson. And uh, we got to see Tim Anderson be Tim Anderson. And that was, you know, incredibly impressive, I think. Not only do you handle this well, but you, you, you come to play at the same time. And you let, you let the stick talk, as he's said. Um, but every time Tim talks, he kind of, uh, you know, he reveals what kind of person he is, just like Donaldson re revealed what kind of person he is. And uh, you can't help but be impressed with uh, the way Tim has, has handled this situation and carries himself basically the same uh, on a completely daily basis. Yes, yeah, salute to General Area. Uh, he was uh, mentioned a little bit earlier. Also, shout out to Herb's uh, dropping of kerfuffle. Uh, really appreciated that as well. But you got to talk to TA before this game as well. And I kind of had the same takeaway as you. We listened to about a minute and 40 seconds of TA talking. And the one thing that it felt like TA took away from this is how do I be a good teammate uh, from this? And how do I help? You know, how do I help? How does this help my game? Right. And it really felt like Tim Anderson took away uh, just the ability to uh, grow and use it as motivation. Uh, and that was really great to see from Tim Anderson. I, I thought that he handled this whole situation uh, with a lot of maturity, but you were able to talk to him today. Uh, it, it felt very mature from Tim Anderson today. Yeah. And I think I think the idea is that there wasn't a need for Tim to grow. There wasn't a need for Tim to be a better teammate. Tim is the ultimate in those things already. Um, the thing that you saw was him not 
his, him not change who he is because of this or not question who he is because of this, not for him to say, you know, I need to react to this, but I need to be myself through this. And certainly since he's made that, that life decision, you know, he, he went through the death of his best friend, uh, you know, since he made the decision to be this fun loving guy and, and to really kind of see the positive in everything, he has been an example for not just, you know, not just, kids or fans or anything like that but but every single one of his teammates and that's what you saw over the weekend was his teammates you know rise to the occasion too and support him which again they've done all the time this is this was Tim and the White Sox being what Tim and the White Sox always are uh and and I think that you know they always say right that you find out you find out what you're made of when times get tough or when you know when challenges arise you know, you saw them be themselves. And I think that is, is, is the most admirable thing about this, not only for his teammates, but obviously for him. Having the uh, homestand now, uh, Rick Hahn making himself available to the media. Any other notes that we should know about uh, Rick Hahn talking to the media a little bit earlier uh, before the game today? Yeah, not not really, to be honest with you. I mean, I think we've covered them mostly here. You know, obviously you have the way that that pitching staff is going to be structured. And he said, you know, when if it's if the day comes where we've got too many arms that we've got to choose from, that'll be a good problem to have. Um, that'll be interesting to watch as time goes on, because, you know, as you know, it's a very what have you done for me lately kind of thing. And uh, one bad start from some of those candidates who might be on the fringe, right, could really you know, kind of change everybody's opinion in a hurry. Uh, so we've seen already Vince Velasquez get moved to the bullpen. What happens if um, Dallas Keuchel turns things around and Dallas Keuchel is, is, is excellent for a few starts. What happens if Johnny Cueto's fast start hits some road bumps, right? I mean, what, what are the, what are the White Sox going to view when the time comes that they actually need to make a roster decision? So, you know, every, every game here is kind of important for, for some of those guys who aren't, that top three right now, soon to be top four when Lance Lynn comes back. And then the final question I have for you, uh, final baseball question we have, is Andrew Vaughn. He had a nice day today at the plate, but we keep seeing him eight, nine. Uh, any talk uh, about the, uh, you know, for those lineup Eastas out there, uh, any talks about uh, Andrew Vaughn possibly getting moved up in this lineup? Not today, but I mean, listen, I, I think I think there's something to be said about lineup versatility. I don't think it necessarily means that you should, you know, again, if I was the manager, I wouldn't bury him down there, but I'm not the manager for a very good reason. Uh, so I think that you've got to kind of look at the versatility. There are guys who are you know, for better or worse, meant to go in certain spots in the lineup. We've talked about it before, uh, and there are guys who have the ability to, to, to hit all over the place. You know what I mean? And I think when you have that versatility, it can maybe um, give the manager more options, not put so much pressure on, Oh, this guy needs to bat here. This guy needs to bat here. At least I got a guy that I can move all over the place. You know, I'm, I'm not going to say that it's like I said, that it's what I would do. Uh, I have, if you, if you think it's not what you would do, then you're, you know, perfectly within your opinion to have that. But until it starts, you know, until it's, until it starts costing them games or something like that. I don't see it as some sort of uh, gigantic problem at the moment because you hit where you hit. And if you get hits, then you're doing your job, right? Saw Jake Berger taking a second base after the game was pretty much in out of hand. Was that something that Tony wanted to see anyways, uh, Jake Perry in second base and something we might see in the future? No, actually he was asked that uh, post game and it sounded like something he's not really, interested in doing moving forward. It was just kind of a, 
he wanted to take Tim Anderson out of the game so Tim didn't hurt himself in a 13-run game. And Jake Berger playing second base was a way to do that. Could have been Andrew Vaughn, you know. (laughs) Every time he is asked about Jake Berger playing second base, he brings up that he would play Andrew Vaughn at second base if he he had to. And obviously we saw last summer that he did play Andrew Vaughn at second base in Kansas City. Um, That is a a kind of running joke between him and Rick Hahn (laughs) because every time Rick Hahn's asked about it, he's like, "Eh, I don't know about Andrew Vaughn at second base. (laughs) But uh, but Tony is, uh, you know, uh, adamant that uh, if the opportunity presented itself, if the need arise, we should say, uh, he would have no problem playing Vaughn at second base. We haven't seen it yet, but uh, who's the White Sox position player to pitch? Can you figure that out? I mean, it has to be Larry Garcia, right? I mean, I think okay. he's got the most innings under his belt, at least, on this roster right now. Uh, you're right, though. I was I was actually kind of surprised we didn't see it tonight. But uh, like you mentioned, there were some guys who needed to get work. In fact, I, when I asked about Vince Velasquez going in as a reliever and kind of is that going to be his new role, Tony said, you know, he didn't really say, like, yes, he's going to be a reliever. But the idea being that if he was – still a starter, he'd be sitting around for an awful long time, and you don't want him to kind of rust, or to use Tony words, to get a sore butt. So uh, there you go. Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> that's, that's the situation there. But yeah, I would have to imagine it'd be Larry Garcia, uh, but uh, who knows? Yeah, and that's something fun. Uh, hopefully that we never have to think about again. Hopefully the White Sox aren't losing games 16-3. to three. Uh, Maybe we can flip uh, the, the roles here. And, maybe and he can come up. in in a blowout win. Right. He can come in at 16-3 to three win. I think it, I, I think what would be kind of fun. You see, uh, you're seeing what the St. Louis Cardinals are doing, trotting their uh, their Jose longtime Abreu. heroes out, uh, Pujols and Molina to pitch. Why not uh, get an inning under Jose's belt uh, before he rides off into the sunset? I agree a hundred percent. I would love to see TA pitch. Uh, that would be mm. fantastic to see. I feel like Moncada would have an arm. Uh, Andrew Vaughn. I'd love to see him do anything. So those are just some names that come to my mind. But I don't know about you guys. No, uh, I don't want to. I don't want to see Ta pitch because I don't. I don't <laughs> want him to get hurt. But otherwise, the other guys. I mean, it's not like I want to see Jose Abreu get hurt, but he's older, so I don't. You know, if he gets hurt, he gets hurt. Yeah, Ta and Moncada is probably not going to happen. I gotta. I gotta be honest with you there, Sean. Darn. Well, hopefully we just uh, don't have to see any games like this uh, anymore. Hopefully they're just normal baseball games uh, that aren't you know separated by how many thirteen runs today. Uh, we can avoid. All that, unless the White Sox are, are blowing teams out, which they haven't yet. But uh, Vinny, that's not your problem. Uh, go right uh, to your heart's content. Follow Vinny Duber on Twitter at Vinny Duber. He is the CHGO White Sox beat writer. Thank you for your time, Vinny. Thanks, guys. We'll talk to you later. You can find Vinny's work at allchgo.com. If you want to become a member, go to allchgo.com. We have premium written content over there by our great beat writers like Vinny Duber, like Ryan Herrera, like Adam Hogue, uh, like, uh, you know, Nicholas Moriano, Boyson, Nicholas Moriano. Uh, Everyone is fantastic at allchgo.com. And that's how you become a premium member over there to get the premium written content, allchgo.com. And when you sign up to become a member, you get a free t-shirt and access into our chgo uh, discord uh, it's the chgo lounge where you get to talk to us the chgo personalities uh, it is a good time so you want to make sure that you head over to allchgo.com. and another way too to get a chgo membership if you enjoy chgo one way to help us continue to grow is to download the points bet app and use code chgo when you sign up not only are you going to get two risk-free bets up to two thousand dollars but if you make it fifty dollar or more first time deposit you'll receive a free chgo membership which unlocks all over web 
content like those of any Duber articles, and you'll even get a free shirt of your choice from the CHGO locker. If you have questions, you can email points at allchgo.com and we will help you out. And in case you missed it, online signup is available in Illinois. You can download the points bet app right now and register your account from start to finish all from your phone. You'll be signing up with the fastest sports book easier than ever so you can start living your bet life in seconds. So what are you waiting for? Once the game starts, don't just bet. Live your bet life with points bet. Gambling problem call 1-800-522-4700. And uh, Herb, I did see somebody in, in the chat here. Uh, Paul Smith, uh, you know, very real name, uh, very That's not him. made up. Uh, he, he was saying, uh, you know, we were dodging his questions here. Uh, we already got to the Lance Lynn stuff. Lance Lynn will be returning uh, early June. All right. That's when Lynn is coming. Uh, Thursday probably won't be uh, Dallas Keuchel's last start. I, if, if I had to, to make a call here, I think Dallas Keuchel might get at least two more st- uh, starts here in the White Sox pinstripes. Yeah, I agree. And Southside Bears trying to kill Aloy. He's just coming back from an injury. He's like, I want to see Aloy <laughs> pitch. Come on, be fun. there. Yeah, it, until he, he has a Tommy John surgery right after that game. Um, no, I don't want to see anybody of any value. Exactly, Fred. No, Eloy, he's going to have Tommy John after in, of any value. Well, that's good. He could just, sucks. That's good, though. If Eloy gets Tommy John, they don't have to play him in the outfield. We don't wow. have to. We could, we could stop this charade that he's an outfielder. I mean, yeah, look at you, Sean. Always looking for the silver linings. Yeah, put him on the DH. Put him at DH. <laughs> Yeah, I, you, you're talking to the right guy there. I love for him to be the all-time DH so he can stop being hurt. Well, this time he got hurt running. So, but, you know, um, I'm excited. I, but I think even though this loss is, you know, bad, I'm excited about the team coming back. You know, Lance Lynn and Aloy Jimenez starting rehabs this week. I can't help to wonder if this team is snake bit, though. Right when you're about to get everybody back, you're about to lose, you lose Luis Robert for, extended periods of time he can come back for the toronto series i know he's vaccinated so if he passes with a couple negative tests and a doctor allows him to he'll be uh, eligible to go but i don't know if he can enter canada with so much of a you know a, a covet uh scare within 10 days of his arrival in canada so uh yeah hopefully could you everything- imagine if luis robert got stuck in canada I don't, I don't want that. Yeah, he's got to have 14 days in Canada. I mean, good times, oh, but also we we're playing Tampa Bay and then we're back here in Chicago. So we kind of need him. So if that's the case where Canada is like, hey, you got to quarantine for 14 days. I'm like, nope, sir. We'll just see you in Tampa Bay, brother. Yeah, but hopefully, I can't hopefully since a ball player, he gets uh, some special exceptions here. But yeah, Do you think I, they're I'm not too, I'm not like too snake bitten, though. Like, I feel no. they're snake bitten. I don't think they're snake bitten. I think it's too early to call them snake bitten. Again, we're only what forty-two games into the season, so I think it's pretty tough to call them snake bitten. Dylan Cease had a bad start, but for the most part uh, of this se- se- season so far, the pitching's been phenomenal. Great. So I'm not too worried about the pitching, and the hitting will get better. I think that we see signs for it right now, and and the fact that Jose Abreu hit that home run today, uh, and then he ripped up a, a home run off a ninety-four mile per hour fastball, like it feels like Jose's coming back. So it really feels feels like the only guys uh, dragging their feet right now are Moncada and Grandal. Uh, and, and once those guys start going, I really do feel like, uh, you know, that's that's going to be something that starts clicking. And Alex is saying, uh, nah, uh, Cease was tipping pitches. I'm interested to see what, what's going on, uh, if that was true or not. Uh, we did see some stuff from Jana Scurio of the CHGO Sky Show, uh, but she's a fantastic White Sox writer in her own right. Uh, and she was at the game today, and she said a friend of hers uh, noticed something with Dylan Cease's back leg uh, and that it might have been uh, tipping pitches. And, and Vinny mentioned that that Dylan needs to go and look 
uh, back at the tape and see if that happens. Uh, I, I don't know if he's he, he was tipping pitches. Uh, I, I'm not really sure. I don't have the eye for that, Herb. Uh, but it just does feel that you know he has a pretty straight fastball, and I feel like guys are mostly just sitting fastballs. I, 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 it looked different when he was throwing first pitch breaking balls, and I think it might have been a different story tonight if he started off uh, that game uh, a little bit differently. I'm not ruling out that he tipped pitches, but was Jose Ruiz tipping pitches too? He got hit really hard. Same thing with Ben Souza. They came in and lit the fire a little bit more. So, yes, he might have been, but those other two guys probably were. I just think that was a hot-hitting Red Sox team that just caught Dylan Cease on the wrong night. He didn't have his premium stuff, and they made him pay for it. And I hope we find something like tipping pitches so this can be okay. He was just tipping pitches. He's got stuff, and he can get major league batters out because his last two out of his last three starts have not been great. The raises ERA to over four right now, and he got hit really hard. Nine hard hits on the day, 95 miles per hour or, or greater. They were seeing him being. It doesn't matter what he was throwing. They were getting into his kitchen. Yeah, and like uh, Josh says here, J-O-E-S-H, Cease did have a bad start, but the Red Sox were insane in those first five innings. Uh, They weren't missing anything and haven't seen anything like it all season. I mean, they were just absolutely locked in. Uh, And Alex also saying Cease said he thought he was in the presser. Vinny said, uh, Dylan Cease said it's possible he might have been tipping pitches. So uh, he didn't know to go watch the tape. Yeah. Uh, So, yeah, we we don't know if he was or not. But what Janice said uh, is that her friend noticed a slower drop in his back leg when he was throwing breaking ball pitches so i i don't know if that was true uh, i can go back and and see if that if that was the case or not and hey we know that boston has a, a history of uh you know no one pitches here herb do you uh, know that yeah alex you know cora that. got fired uh, i don't know if you guys remember uh for for no one pitches so hey if, if any team is you know outside of the astros is gonna know uh what, what pitch is coming next it's boston and speaking of alex alex rude was out at that game the whole damn day the whole day. Come on, yeah, Alex. I mean, that's crazy. that's dedication. That's a White Sox fan, that's, Alex Rude. That's boredom. Sitting in the 108. I don't know if you've seen his pitcher. You know, usually you get a yeah, the class, class pick, class yeah. pick from uh, B Flow for uh, Cherizi. And it was Alex and one other guy. And then Alexis, I guess, was at there. Alexis Atwater. And uh, uh, Alex waited conveniently until Alexis went to the bathroom to take that picture. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it was a good picture though. Uh, but yeah, let's uh, go real quick uh, to Dylan Cease, uh, just because we're talking about the tipping pitches here. Uh, let's go to his first pitch mix, uh, just because it, it did. It wasn't pretty. Also, I mean, this is you could see right here uh, the four seam fastballs that he was throwing uh, on elevated. First pitch. Uh, yeah, you could see the sinkers that he was using here. He went to a two seam fastball. Uh, he, he threw some change ups in there. But the big thing is, yeah, elevated and over the plate. Uh, he was just missing a lot, and it just wasn't the best mix. But even when he was throwing breaking balls, even with those bad locations uh he was still getting some called strikes he was still getting some swinging strikes he was getting some fouls back so i i do think that maybe if dylan uh you know was was going breaking ball heavy uh he might have had some different results here he ended up using a slider and forcing fastball the same but you know i i think it's just one of the the 60 herb we talked about this a little bit it's just mm-hmm. it just feels that you know this was just a the bad time to run into boston and i, I told this to steven before you jumped on if the white Sox, you know end up going three and one, or you told me, you know, after the first four games against Boston, you're three and one against Boston. I'm not too upset about that. You know, mm-hmm. in, in the moment right now, today, it feels bad, but in the grand scheme, eh, I'm not too upset about this one. Yeah. It's just one loss. And 
yeah, in the grand scheme, it'll count as such. But, you know, just going through this, like you, I don't know if you think about this, but I think about like this team should be competing for AL Central and the AL Crown. So how have I seen, have I seen a team do this many times of a blowout during a season? And, you know, I have a short memory of that, like that, but I cannot remember a team feeling this way as I feel about the White Sox who are 21 and 21 on the season where they've gotten blown out a couple times and it's been non-competitive. And you saw on the pitch mix right there with uh, Dylan Cease, all those balls were elevated. Like all of them were middle, middle to up in the strike zone. That's not going to work versus any team, much less a hot hitting, great offensive squad like Boston. So I don't know if you need to be tipping pitches for the pitches are that high and that juicy. A slider, middle, middle, didn't even break. Like I saw three of the sliders off the plate. That's where he probably needs to live with that. There was very few. There was none in the zone and low in the strike zone. I can't believe that was Dylan's game plan to keep the ball elevated versus Boston. I'm sure he was just missing spots. Yeah, it just felt like the the, the breaking balls weren't as snappy as they could have been. Uh, one of the ones that he threw to uh, Enrique Hernandez got just absolutely smoked uh, for a double. It just really felt that, you know, it, it wasn't 100% Dylan Cease there. He I, even I think got that, a strikeout. On, I think one of those strikeouts, sorry about that, Sean, on a slider that was a cement mixer. Mm-hmm. Like it was kind of like the batter was like, oh, my God, this is so delicious. And he swung right through it. It wasn't it didn't do anything. It just hung there. And I can't believe the Boston guy did not murder. It, it might have been Trevor Story who had the golden sombrero today, but it was just mm, not good. Not Dylan Cease like. Yeah, and I'm surprised he didn't use the changeup more. He only threw the changeup six times. Uh, he got three swings on it, one whiff, so he got a decent amount of uh, you know swing and miss on it. But it, it just felt like they were all over the four seam, and, and maybe that changes uh, next time. But uh, with this whole, uh, you know, you win sixty, you lose sixty, uh, then there's the other forty-two. Uh, it, right now, the Sox are eight and seven. Uh, we can go through a little bit of this list here, uh, and I could I could kind of talk this out with you, uh, and yeah. we could. You know, look, if you know, the, the, if, if, if I misplaced any of these, but by my count of it, the White Sox have 13 of their 60 wins right now. They have 14 of their 60 losses. And then we have 15 games that fit in those 42 others. Uh, they're eight and seven in those 15 games. And, the, uh, but, and that is just the games that were hanging in the balance and it could have gone to a win or it could have gone to a loss. Well, yeah, let's 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 run through them. So uh, opening day was one of them. Hendricks came in with a lead, blew the save. Uh, the Seattle game that they won three to two. That was the first game of the series. It was really close. They didn't pull away. Uh, they needed a good bullpen day. They got it. Uh, same thing with the opening uh, day against uh, Tampa. That was another day. I think that was Liam Hendricks' bobblehead day. Uh, and he en- ended up coming in and getting the save. Uh, the day after that uh, was either the, the actual Hendricks' bobblehead day, but they had two three to two wins against Tampa Bay. Uh, and then the two to one loss against Cleveland. They should have hit uh, Zach Plezak better, but they didn't. Uh, two to one loss against Minnesota. That was the uh, Saturday game before they blew it to Byron Buxton. Uh, most of the games that they went to extra innings uh, got filed into the 42 other ones. Uh, so the seventh game would be that Byron Buxton walk off. Uh, you also have the Kansas city walk off on the 28th. I didn't put Josh Naylor's in here though, because the white Sox just absolutely lost that game. That was a flush game as they called it. So that's the only non extra inning game that you're not going to see in the other 42. I would argue uh, that belongs here. You think so? Yes. That's I the guess game. That they, was the one that's the game. Field, they but... literally had a six run lead in. 
yeah. literally in the what ninth inning, mm-hmm. and they and they lost that game. So I would put that in the forty-two other. That wasn't a loss all the way. That was a hey, it was hanging in back. That was that was actually should have been a win. So that goes into the forty-two. I believe. I, I I hear your point. I mean, it's it's tough to argue again when even when you're finishing, you know, in extra innings, they had a chance to win it at some point, uh, mm-hmm. and, and that went to eleven. So it wasn't like it went to just 10. So the White Sox had a couple chances to win that one. I hear your point. But the fact that it just ended the way it did, they call it a flush game. Uh, they also call this one a flush game, the, the, the loss to Boston. So that's why I put it in the losses, just because uh, that's, a, that's a game that you try to forget. And, and they did, you know, at least fit, follow up uh, with a win the next day. So it was a Jason J, one of our uh, commenters says that deserves its own category. I agree. That's fair. Hey, that's fair. It does deserve its own category. Uh, then a 6-5 loss against the Angels. That one was close. A 4-3 to win over the Cubs. That one was a, a nice one. Uh, that was the TA home run game. But you needed a, a nice uh, you know, Matt in, um, Foster appearance uh, to close that one out. Uh, they had an extra winning uh, extra inning win against uh, Boston. That was Dylan Cease versus Nick Pavetta. They won that one 3-1 to and 10. Uh, and then against the Yankees, 3-2. to That was Dallas Keuchel's start. Uh, then the Luis Robert home run in Kansas City. They won that one five to three and ten. Uh, the two to one loss uh, where they lost to Kansas City. That was the Brady Singer game, and then the Yankees three to one uh, back on the twenty second. So that would have been uh, the first of the doubleheader where AJ Pollock hit his homer. So I guess the only one you're disagreeing with here is the uh, the Naylor game. Correct, and that would make the White Sox eight and eight in those games. Oh, and only thirteen losses and thirteen wins. I like the symmetry of that. Mm-hmm. Since we're building this up, I'll, I'll, I'll accept that, Herb. Cool. Yeah. I, I mean, I just, I don't know where else you would put it there. I mean, I didn't get you put in the, in the loss. It would have been a loss, but I, that's the reason why it was gut wrenching is because they had a huge win, a, a huge lead. They blew it and they let the same guy hurt him twice. God damn Josh Naylor. <laughs> yeah. Hey, speaking of Canadians, where the hell is our guy KPW? He hasn't been around here le- lately. Yeah. Ever since he uh, called the Brady singer game, uh, he's been, he's been real quiet. Uh, I, you know, KPW. I hope you're listening to this on uh, Wednesday morning. Yeah, I, I hope so. Uh, well, he's pro- he's he probably shows a his, uh, base background. Yeah, he's a student. He's probably doing finals right now. I'm all pressuring him to w- listen to our little White Sox podcast. He's up in T dot and join himself. He's uh, a at, he, at at university. Is he's, that what they he's say? Mourning the loss of over Zach Collins being sent down to AAA. Uh, that that's that's where uh, KPW is. He can't. He was pounding his chest about, about him hitting like a couple home runs that first week. Yeah, how's that working out for you? Uh, but you know. And and hey, how's how's Reese McGuire working out for the Sox? You know, it, 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 it's right. working out fine for both teams. The, he, the got reason they trained, yes. he got a good hit on Saturday night on Sunday night. Well, and the reason they traded Reese McGuire was to to send him down to Triple A. They couldn't send him down to Triple A. They 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 could send Zach Collins down to Triple A. So that was really the reason they those teams made those trades was that Reese McGuire can catch, uh, Zach Collins can't, and that the Blue Jays could send Zach Collins down to Triple A. Uh, so they did that, and I don't think he's a solid backup catcher. Zach Collins sucks. No. No, I think he's saying solid backup catcher for Reese McGuire. I oh, hope yeah. he is at least. Yeah, he is. Um, yeah. Zach is not good at catching. So, Herb, what do you think about tomorrow? We got a uh, Wednesday, May twenty fifth. You got G Lito versus Hill. Uh, this game's supposed to get rained out. You think this game is going to get rained out? We're not even going to have a, a game tomorrow. Every, every single time every I think post game for these folks. Every single time I believe a game is getting rained out, especially at guaranteed rate, it doesn't because that field drains so well. We went to the game that was supposed to get rained out versus the Seattle Mariners and nothing. That was the when Robbie Ray got roughed up a little bit. And we saw how wet that track was, how wet the infield was. And then like an inning later, 
bone dry because Roger Bossert's an expert at his job. So, yes, I saw the forecast. It's going to rain all day and all night long. But if anybody can get the game in, and if this is a team that does it, this is the last time they're coming in, I'm sure they don't want a, a getaway game where you're doing a doubleheader and, or finding a common off day where you're both off. I don't know where Boston goes on Friday, but I'm sure they have another game where the White Sox do have a rare Friday in-season game off. So, yeah, I think they'll try their darndest to get this game in with the Boston Red Sox on Wednesday night. Red Sox are in Baltimore on Friday, so it looks like with it would record. probably be a doubleheader on Thursday because it's a night game on Thursday. So it'd be a seven ten night game between the Sox and the Sox, and then they'd make that one up of the day. Whew, that would be tough, man. Doubleheader, leaving Chicago probably at like midnight to <laughs> get to Baltimore to play a night game on Friday night. I mean. It's kind of kind of a dick dick move for the White Sox to have a getaway day and seven o'clock, but whatever. Um, but and if you ever have a doubleheader, ooh, long long ass day, it'll be real tough. Yeah, and uh, I, I'm I'm excited for the White Sox to face Rich Hill. I think this is a get right game. Uh, this is a guy that they can take uh, advantage of. And I see that somebody's saying, uh, "Where where is this?" Uh, someone's saying Rich Hill is going to eat up the White Sox or something Mountain. like that. Uh, yeah, Dick Mountain coming out here. Uh, I don't I can't see it now, but you know. I'm not really afraid of Rich Hill. No, I'll be honest with you here. And I understand that he's good at, oh, and yeah, Fred's saying if they actually play tomorrow soft tossing, Rich Hill going to make them look real bad. I don't think so. Uh, this team's been fine hitting. Uh, today was okay. I think they were really surprised by Nick Pavetta's curveball. I think they were expecting to see a slider more. Uh, and he's got a really interesting curveball. It feels like he goes over the top a lot with his curveball. Uh, very interesting break. And uh, they showed some of the, the StatCast 3D stuff. And it just really felt like it fell off a table once it was coming towards the plate. So uh, that was just a, a really odd pitch to, to, to look. And I, I feel like the Sox are coming around, especially with Jose hitting. So I'm not too worried about the Sox. I think that Rich Hill's a guy that they can hit around. Uh, I'd just be really more worried about Michael Walker. Uh, it really feels like this team can't hit right handers. Uh, and that, that's the thing is, you know, if you're, if you're facing a right, a smart right-handed pitcher, uh, you know, I feel like they can just carve up the White Sox. And Nick Pavetta was a smart right-handed pitcher today, and I think that Michael Waka can do the same for the White Sox. So, Herb, I'm looking at this, and I think the Sox might like lose two out of three in this one. Damn it, that's going to be real tough for the White Sox, especially off of this big-time uh, momentum swing you had this weekend with the New York Yankees. But that Pavetta curveball, it's tough as hell. You're sitting 95-plus, and you're ready to gear up, and you're ready to crush it, and then that some bitch is throwing from the same arm slot, and it just falls over. And you saw so many White Sox batters just frozen. It's like, there's nothing I can do about that. And they just walked back to the dugout. I was like, hey, man, I don't blame you. Like, yeah. I, usually on two strikes, I tell you, go down swinging. What could you do there? That man's <laughs> throwing 76-mile-per-hour knuckle curves that started way above your head and then dropped right into the zone, man. I mean. There was one he threw to Grandal, and Grandal just stared at it, and he just, I think, wanted to argue with the umpire so he didn't have to face it again. Um, like, it, it, it was just ugly. Yeah. I didn't know. I didn't know this man was that was that tough. I mean, the White Sox got him right uh, in the start they had earlier where he went six shutout innings, and now uh, they got to him a little bit with the Jose Abreu home run. And, by the way, stop jumping. That reminded me of a Lloyd. <laughs> that ball was hit 418, so that means it's 18 feet past the people who were jumping. I forgot who was in center field. Was it uh, your man's uh, from L.A., Verdugo? Was he in center field? Whoever. No, it was Kike Hernandez or something like yeah. that. 
I was like, what are you jumping for? You're going to get hurt like Aloy <laughs> Jimenez did uh, in spring training. But that was a rocket. And like you said, Hose is coming. He's, if not already there, uh, balls are flying over the fence. Balls are starting to drop in. I'm sure this is very good for his confidence instead of, you know, everybody could tell him, hey, man, you're hitting the ball right. It's You're just running to bad luck. But he looks at his stats. He's like, man, this is this is not me. Now he gets to see a little the fruits of his labor and keeps the same mindset. I think Hose will be more than willing to uh, kill more this season. He's uh, coming. And A.J. Pollock had a tough day. It's, yeah, it's probably because I picked him as the uh, click to pick. Hey, man, Anderson had a nice day, but uh, really, I mean, the guy that's coming, and uh, it's not Aloy. Aloy is coming, but he's uh, coming a Eli's later. coming, too. Uh, and also, uh, uh, Hertz. Uh, Jason Benetti also said Reese McGuire was coming um a little bit earlier uh <laughs> did he i missed he, that he oh they're they're going around the diamond and, and talking about all the the guys that came into the game oh, uh and, and 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 jason benetti did say reese mcguire <laughs> is coming and then oh, there was a God. weird long awkward pause and i think that professional oh. broadcaster realized what he said and wanted to uh have everybody forget that he said reese mcguire is coming and probably uh, had you to know put, probably had to turn the mics off and put the cough button Friends. on so they so they can laugh Oh, it got real. It got real quiet. It got real, real crickety uh, up in that booth. They started. They started stop making jokes about all those, uh, those churro milkshakes up in the in the booth, and they just started uh, avoiding all that and just, uh, you know, going back to baseball. And that uh, said, that said, they were in three thirty. You gotta have a special ticket to get up to that churro milkshake. I can't get there if I'm in the one hundred level, can I? No, those isn't are, those, three, those are club levels? Yeah, isn't three thirty scout seats or something like that? No, that's the, there. That's look like the club level, like the. Where you have seats outside, but you can go inside to the concourse. It's a little bit better. A concessions in those the rabble down in one hundred or five hundred. Like, ugh, we got our own private bathrooms here. We got to share with other people, but they're all in this three hundred section. Oh, That's how they talk. The, all like, these people think that uh, these these games count. Uh, uh, just his, May, friends. His pinkies up while he's drinking his tea. His Miller matcha Light. tea. Is a Miller Lite, oh, beer of champions, friends. Um, yeah. So, anyways. like, how the hell am I going to get a a churro shake? And like Steve, I am lactose intolerant, so I take risks. He's like a seventy year old man, so taking risks is you know a little tough because that's a tough day right there. If you if you know you're lactose intolerant, you eat or drink something that is very much into dairy. Like a milkshake really messed me up. Cheeseburgers don't mess me up too tough. Pizza doesn't mess me up too tough. But anything like liquid milk or like ice cream, oh, Jesus. I love liquid milk. Liquid it's milk is my favorite form of milk. Just terrible. Liquid milk. Uh, do they put your liquid milk in a bag, eh? Uh, real quick, eh. uh, not only is Reese McGuire coming, uh, but uh, <laughs> Andrew Vaughn is too. Uh, Andrew Vaughn had a real mistake. Uh, his, his, his lowest hard, uh, his uh, least hardest hit. His, his worst hit today, his, his worst contact was 88 miles per hour off the bat, and it was a double down the left field line. Uh, that's that's a good day for you guys. Uh, 105 uh, against uh, Sour Mora. Uh, it was a line shot uh, that went down for a single. He had an 88-mile-per-hour double down the left field line off Pavetta. He also had a 102-mile-per-hour ground out against Pavetta, and he had a 92-mile-per-hour ground out. It's Tyler. It just feels like uh, Andrew Vaughn's coming, and I, I do think that it's uh, it would be really beneficial to the White Sox if they started moving him up in the lineup, uh, more specifically above Gavin Sheets. But that's all I got for tonight. And I agree with you. 
but because you know I want him in the lineup all the time. I just say it's a victory that he's in the lineup. So, yes, I don't like him to be ninth or eighth, but he keeps on proving that he can hit in this in this league. Tony and should be like check in every once in a while. It's like, you know, let's move him up a little bit. Maybe he should have been third today with Pollock not being eighth, but not being the third hitter, even though he's been hitting the ball pretty well. And if the White Sox get to face uh, Rich Hill tomorrow and Andrew Vaughn is in that lineup, I do think that he will have a good day. And I think I'll already make the pick right now. He's my click to pick. Andrew, right, Herb? If right. he's in the lineup tomorrow, that game gets played. Andrew Vaughn, my click to pick. But we'll your, finally get one right. Your your computer's about to go out, so you're like, is Andrew it? Vaughn. It's making these sounds. You sound like a robot. No. Um, you're, you're in and out now, so I can kind of hear you. But since you're picking Andrew Vaughn, I'm going to reluctantly go with Tim Anderson tomorrow. Ugh, that Ugh, guy. That's, that's brutal. Shitty. So, Stephen, write it down. Mark it down. All right. I'll go well, with Tim Anderson. I'm going Andrew Vaughn. Herb's going Tim Anderson. We'll wrap this up because apparently my computer is uh, crapping out. Yes, I turned my Wi-Fi off, Stephen, okay? I turned it off. God. Uh, you can follow Herb Lawrence He's on Twitter. He's a at small wonder. <laughs> You can follow me on Twitter at Joe underscore W underscore Anderson. You can follow Vinny Duber, our CHGO White Sox beat writer, at Vinny Duber. And you can follow CHGO White Sox at CHGO underscore White Sox. For producer Stephen Nicholas and for Fleetwood Mac and their 1979 album, Tuts, we will talk to you tomorrow. And go White Sox.